Today, we're talking about what to do with your kids at home. I'm sharing so many great ideas and strategies in this podcast. What online programs to check out and how to avoid having your kids watch TV or play on their phones all day long. What to buy for learning and for fun and how you can keep them busy so you can get things done and stay sane too. Staying home can be so much fun and really great for your relationship with your kids, but I think we really need to have a good plan. Today, I'm sharing all my hacks on how to keep your kids happy and busy and learning at home. Whether it's a rainy weekend or you're on lockdown for an unknown period of time due to the coronavirus, I've packed a lot of good takeaways in here. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. All right, here we go. What to do with your kids at home. I made lots of notes here because I wanted to pack lots of hacks and lots of tips and make this as informative and helpful as possible and give you some new ideas, maybe some things you hadn't thought of. Now, full transparency, I'm obsessed with having my kids at home. Like I secretly would love to homeschool them. I know it would never work in the reality of life for us, but I love it. I secretly love it. I know a lot of moms and parents right now are like, oh my God, what am I going to do? It's just so much time, especially if you're listening to this podcast right now as we're recording it and kind of going through this epidemic, this coronavirus period of life. Um, The unknown, I think, is the most stressing part for a lot of people. And a lot of parents are kind of panicked, like, what are we going to do at home? So I feel a little bit like that, but mostly so excited. It's definitely a lot to balance, especially since I now work almost completely from home. So now not only am I going to become an overnight homeschool parent to three children, but also maintain my work schedule and podcast schedule and all the other things that I do, my work um, consulting phone calls and all the things. So we're going to figure out how to balance that together. I'm definitely going to do a how to be awesome at becoming an overnight homeschool parent very soon. Talk about things like setting a routine and how we're going to set up a schedule each day to really stick to it and be productive and have them have happy, you know, productive days, but also you not lose your mind in the process. So I'm going to really do more research on that and do a podcast on that soon. But for today, We're just talking about what to do, like physically, what are we going to do with our kids at home to keep them not just happy because, you know, listen, you could put on, you could put on Disney Junior and all day long and they would be happy with that or Netflix and just movies on repeat. They'd be thrilled, but we're talking about having your kids be happy and growing and, you know, having diversity to their day. That being said, I don't think... I'm really tried to be anti-technology in so many ways for for a variety of reasons that we all know, but I don't think it's the end of the world. You know, if you need a break or if you just need them to be, depending on the ages of your kids, of course, they have to be old enough, but maybe your kids are, my kids right now are two and a half, um, seven, almost eight, and nine. So, if, uh, you know, my kids are 
old enough now, and especially the older ones can watch the little guy to where I can shower and I know he's safe and things like that. But sometimes you just need a minute or maybe you just need a break from the constant, you know, talk and communications and struggles that can go on. So I don't think that, you know, whatever appropriate amount of time, whatever amount of time you feel is appropriate, I don't think that's the end of the world. And especially, you know, if we are staying home for an extended period of time, I think that it's not something that we should feel like is the enemy. But I do think that we should be strategic about when we use TV. And I use it if I need to, like, if I'm, I'm you know, if they want to watch TV and I know I'm going to have them watch, you know, once or twice a day, I'll just pick a time that is that makes sense. And it's the best use of the time, you know? And I'm also careful not to let it all of a sudden become three hours straight because that's easy for it to do. All of a sudden you get to cleaning or doing the dishes or whatever you're doing. And all of a sudden, you know, the time multiplies and it ends up being, you know, a good chunk of their day, especially if they're little and they take naps and they sleep a long time at night. You know, you do a good three hour, you know, cartoon session. And that's a really good chunk of their day that we might want to want to use that time doing other things. But I really think don't see it as the enemy, just use it strategically. So I love having my kids at home. I'm, you know, only mildly nervous about the different hardships that can come. I think that being a homeschool parent, man, I have so much respect for parents that choose to do this because I think it's such a wonderful thing. I just worry about the struggle, the, you know, the struggle and the battle, especially with having multiple kids. So I'm not able to give one-on-one attention to each kid all the time or not even all the time, but at that moment that they want it. And I think that can be a struggle. So I think that type of stuff and the kids just physically tearing down the house, my two-year-old Parker right now, I swear for some reason in this just in the last week and a half, I swear he wakes up with like, how could I tear down the house? I think he's just getting bigger and older and Um, we got a Nerf gun because we had a Nerf gun party coming up, which is now canceled because of the virus stuff. But he goes around with the Nerf gun and he pushes things over. And I'm like, oh my God, really? We have to go through the tear down the house phase at this moment in time. So whatever's going on in your situation, I'm sure there's some excitement and some hesitation and maybe some total fear, but I'm telling you, we're going to get through it together. And let's first talk about some online programs. So the coolest thing I always talk about living in the greatest era to be alive of all time. I just think the coolest thing is we have so many online programs that are great. If your kids are younger, maybe you like something like abcmouse.com or something similar to that. I think are really great. There's a lot of variety. When the kids are younger, obviously you will navigate it for them. But then when they get older, even when they're not that old, around five or so, I think they'll be able to fully navigate it themselves. And even if they kind of mess up and click out of the wrong places, it's good to let them do it by themselves and figure it out and fail a little and, you know, have the confidence to do it on their own. So if they're little, I love stuff like that. A little bit bigger, I love the handwriting without tears and the the keyboarding without tears. During this next week, when we have some downtime, I'm going to set up, I know my girls do it sometimes at school, but I'm going to set up the typing without tears program. They're old enough. I feel like, you know, being, I type really fast. I'm just a great typer. It's just, just something I've always been good at. And thank goodness, because I need to be efficient. I need to send a couple hundred emails a day. And I feel like it's something they're going to need to learn eventually. It's a great skill. So we are going to do the keyboarding without tears program and see how that goes. So whatever your kids are 
whatever you want to focus on and whatever their age is. So if it's more math or more reading or more science or whatever you want to spend the time on, there are certainly on, online programs that will fit it. And a lot of them are, are very inexpensive or free. Next, things to buy online. Now, I did a good haul recently and I will link all of my favorites in the show notes with direct links because I think that this is kind of, I'm going to go through some of them for sure, but I think that this is the kind of the obvious and what a lot of people are posting on their blogs. Like these are my top 50 lists. And I think it's a lot of the things that we all expect to see. So I don't want to be, you know, too much, too repetitive to other things that you're probably hearing right now, but I love for older kids, I love things like Lego sets, things that will uh, make them sit and work for a while, right? It's not one of those projects that's that's just going to be 10 minutes. But I also like Lego sets. And even if the kids aren't older, even if they're, you know, four and up, they really have even, you know, the kind of involved Lego starting at the four plus age and then all the way up to the really crazy one with hundreds and hundreds of pieces. But I like that it requires patience and determination and focus. And I think it's good for the mind. So I just stocked up on a couple different Lego sets. Now, same thing goes with all this stuff. I never give them everything when it comes in. So there are no opening the, you know, whatever store we're ordering from the Amazon boxes in the hallway and letting everyone grab it. I just don't do it that way because I want them to last. And I'll usually, you know, especially in the here and now, we're all kind of, you know, bunkering down and planning to be inside for a while. But even in general, when I'll do this, I think of a bunch of things and I'll buy a bunch online. And sometimes if something's really cool, I'll buy a couple of them and save them for presents when the kids have birthday parties coming up. And that way I'm not just grabbing something randomly um, on the fly last minute, but I've, you know, really picked out certain things that I think are the coolest of kids activities or games at the time. So I did lots of arts and craft sets for all different ages. Lakeshorelearning.com is the best because they have a lot of games and a lot of toys and art supplies, but a lot of learning too. But it's not all such intense learning stuff that the kids are going to resist it. A lot of it's in the middle and some really creative ways to teach and do things. So I love Lakeshore Learning. If you don't have a store near you, then definitely go online. And it's cool because you can just search the different topics that you are interested in. I got some science sets like growing crystals or cracking open rocks, cracking open rocks to revealing crystals. I know in second grade, my Presley just did that and loved it. Like she had to go out in the world and collect rocks from different places. And then in science, put on the cute goggles and they cracked the rocks. So I think that's good and it's good for different ages. So I got some rock cracking kits and for the craft, arts and crafts sets, I try to get ones that are kind of not so typical. Like some of the ones that you, that are like the mainstream ones, I don't know. I just feel like aren't that exciting or they don't produce something that cool. Like the kid's not that impressed with themselves or it wasn't the best use of time. So with some of the arts and craft kits, I'm a little bit um, skeptical, not skeptical, which I'm a little bit bougie about. I just like, not even price wise, but I just like the ones that maybe are a little bit more creative and less mainstream stuff that, or just pick whatever you think your kids will want to do. I also picked up new, a fresh set of 
markers and watercolors and crayons and colored pencils and completely set them aside and mix them into kind of our bins that are older and assorted. So that way, if we're doing a very specific project, like maybe making a card, which is another thing I totally do in times like this when we're staying home is I have them make cards for someone. So I got a fresh set of all these markers and then I keep them up kind of in my pantry so that it doesn't just get, I have one nice set all the time that only comes out when I bring it out and I put it back away. That way it doesn't just kind of add to the pile and you're not spending money on new sets just to have it tossed in the bin with all the older cracked guys. For my little dude, I have a sand and a water table that I'll do all sorts of things with. I'll fill it with shaving cream or I'll fill it with those little water beads. And then the sand, I kind of do that kinetic sand that's not quite as messy. Or sometimes I'll switch it out for real sand depending on what we're doing. But it's nice. I love the split tables that have one on one side and one on the other. And there's so many things you can do from home. You can, you know, depending on what your child is into, you can hide little dinosaurs or little cars or little mermaid figurines or different things in the sand or in the water beads or in the shaving cream. And I love the sensory. I love the imagination of it. I think that it really models a lot of stuff that they do in preschool, but just in an at-home way. Now, before I get into more of like the, the kind of outside-the-box creative stuff, I want to kind of mention that everything that I do, none of it's super fussy. Like, I'm just not the person that's going to, you know, do this elaborate project starting with a popsicle stick. For me, I just want to be able to do more. I think it's speed over perfection. Not everything needs to be Pinterest worthy to me because I'd rather, you know, the kids get on to the next and do three different activities that are different and, and make them think and not try to, you know, spend so much time trying to make each one perfect. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to look it doesn't have to look like something right out of Pinterest for it to be interesting and creative and make them think. So I just wanted to mention that because I know a lot of times I'll click on something that I see on Instagram or something and it leads me to this big old thing about making my own this and this from scratch. And before you know it, it's like a half-day project. And I just don't think that's realistic for so many people. So just a little note there. I also got new bath toys. If we're going to be home a lot, I think that baths are such a good way to unwind at the end of the day. And I know my kids stay in the bath so much longer if they have bath toys that they like. So on Amazon, I got cute little finger puppet bath toys and of course the typical boats. And I always get little waterproof figurines too because I know that they like to put figurines, whether it's pirates or mermaids, in the boats and in the cups and all those different things. So I always get things, you know, that are traditional bath type, but I also will search for other things that just would be okay going in the water just to have a little bit more of a creative setup. But think about if you are spending time in the house, think about getting new bath toys or just different bath toys. You know, it's great because it gets them clean. It gets them not resisting bath time and it's fun and a really good wind down to the day, especially if the days are stressing or maybe they're intense having everybody home or whatever else is going on in the world. I just think that um, a nice shower, a nice bath is such a great way to unwind for us and for our little ones. For my older girls, I got quite a few kits. So things like learning how to make candles or kind of really modern, cool friendship bracelets for their friends, stuff like that. Okay, so I'll link all that stuff because I mean, I bought quite a few things, some pricier, some not so pricey, and some of them, some of it I've had. I have 
two big cabinets in the garage that are like my rainy day cabinet. So there's some board games, but then there's lots of this type of stuff that we, that I've just picked up maybe when I saw something cool or maybe it was on crazy sale or sometimes when the kids have birthday parties, especially if it's a big birthday party and they have 50 kids come and they get 50 gifts, it's just not realistic to put all 50 in their room or their playroom. So I'll kind of say, all right, pick what you want to play with now. I let them pick. It's usually, you know, a third of it or a half of it. And then I pack away the other ones that are kits or different things. So a lot of the things I'm linking, just so you don't think that I'm like a massive overbuyer, a lot of the things I'm linking were not just from this recent kind of big pick-me-up purchase, but also stuff that I've had in the cabinets that I think, or that I bought multiple times that I think a lot of kids would really like. So I'll link all that in show notes so it's really easy for you to find. Next up, get creative. So we talked about all the traditional things and I think those things are really great to keep the kids busy and they're easy go-tos. But I think that a lot of kids really thrive in the super creative stuff. So I just wanted to share with you a couple different ways that we are getting really creative in our house and that we have done that I think has been the most exciting for the kids and makes the days just seem more interesting, even if you're staying home all day. So first up, we are making, we haven't done this one yet, but I'm so excited about it. We're making a kindness rock garden. So at my girl's school, right when you walk through the office, there's a big garden with painted, well, garden, a garden of rocks with painted rocks, all different colors. And there's a message or a symbol on different ones and different people throughout every grade at that school, pre-K through eighth grade, made a kindness rock and they're all displayed there. So I always love it. I think it just radiates positivity and good energy and why not? So when I was at Lakeshore Learning today, I saw they had kindness rock kits. Now on the usual, I might just get the idea, snap a picture of it so I remember, and then kind of put my own together because I could probably make it for uh, make it cheaper and maybe, I mean, definitely more creative and different paints and stickers and different things. But listen, sometimes good is just good enough. And especially in this crazy time when we're all so busy and figuring things out, I definitely bought two boxes of their pre-made Kindness Rock Garden. And the cool thing is you can always add in different things if um, you open up the set and it seems a little light or it could be better. So easy to just add in things that you might already have to kind of step it up a notch. So. I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted on how that goes because I think it's going to be really fun and we'll find a little place at the house to start our own kindness rock garden. Next up, a cool thing I discovered on Amazon, they have kid time capsules. So this is another one you could completely do your own. I actually bought the ones from Amazon because I just thought they looked cool. They're tins. And I actually bought them at the start of 2020 because I thought, you know what? It is the start of 2020. This is such a cool thing. I bought three, one for each kid. They'll put things in and write notes to their future selves, and then we'll open it in five years or 10 years sounds like a long time. So I think we'll probably open it in five years, but who knows? We'll figure it out. But we're going to finish those time capsules this week. So I'll post pictures on that and let you know how that goes. But I love the idea of a time capsule and burying it in the backyard and digging it up years later. I just think it's really fun and cool, especially if you're doing it this year in 2020. Another thing I love to do, but I'm hesitant because it makes a mess, is letting my kids cook. So we cook a lot. It's already been messy in the last 24 hours, and it's a pain, but it's such a fun 
experience and fun kitchen time together. I usually do it either first thing in the morning or when I'm cooking dinner. So it's usually when I'm in the kitchen anyways, which is cool because then we're spending time together. I'm able to also, you know, kind of do two things at one time, get dinner out of the way. Cause so often I feel like I spend so much time in the kitchen, especially with making snacks and lunches and prepping meals and prepping fruits and vegetables and stuff. I just, I feel like I spend hours there. So it's nice to have the company and uh, especially if your kids don't need a ton, a ton of constant help cooking. It's fun to let them cook while you're cooking dinner or cooking breakfast. And I just think it's a good skill for them to do. I think it's good for confidence. It's fun. It's yummy. I, I'm a feeder. I show love through feeding. So I think it's really fun for kids to learn to cook. And even if they're using box mixes, I think that's awesome. So we cook a lot in the kitchen and that's one of those things I just chalk it up to. I'm not going to worry about the mess. I don't worry about it after. I also love in the Department of Arts and Crafts, huge canvases. I have a big pile where they were on sale one time and I literally bought 50 huge canvases and he used them for uh, Presley's fifth birthday party, I think. We did huge canvas painting. It was a rainbow unicorn party and we ha- I had all the kids paint these huge canvases. So I still have a ton. So every now and then I'll pull out one for each kid. And sometimes I'll just do normal paints. I'll give them big paintbrushes, put, on, put down a huge backdrop and let them just go to town with the paints. Other times I'll do paints, plus I'll do glitter glues and I'll do buttons and they're lightweight and feathers and sequins and glitter and those little pom-pom balls and, you know, whatever, little cereal, dried cereals kind of things or little dried noodles, those little uh, macaroni kind of noodles, whatever it is, I'll just pull out a whole bunch of stuff and listen, at this point you need two drop, drop cloths and I'll let them just go for it, just paint and be creative and to have it attach things, make it be 3D art. And I think it's so cool for them because the canvases are literally as tall or taller than they are. So that makes for a really fun adventure, but I would not recommend walking away from that one. I always try to be open-minded and not be afraid of the messes. I did a podcast recently on how to be awesome at not squashing your kid's creativity. And it was all about let your kid jump in mud puddles. What's the worst that can really happen? And while our instinct, and listen, so many of us have very full plates and the last thing we want to do, especially if it's in the evening, is clean up another mess, especially, listen, messes happen, but I mean, something that's foreseeable and preventable is a whole nother level. But this is one of those things that I just chalk it up to. It's cool. I'm going to put on loud music while I clean it up. It's messy. It is what it is. And we do it anyway. So same thing kind of with the canvases, but I wouldn't walk away for this one. Just but And make sure you're using waterproof, not waterproof water, washable. That's the word. Washable paints. Um, how about YouTube? I love YouTube. I ping it through our, our TV. So we're watching it on the TV and I think it's such a great way to learn. I started doing this a couple years ago before we went on vacations or when we were researching where we wanted to go on vacations, I'd play videos so the kids could see what the resorts are like. They could get excited about the vacations. They could tell me their preferences. So in the same area, listen, this is a great thing to do while you're at home. Watch videos about where you want to go and where you want a vacation. And, you know, whether it's daydreaming together or really planning a trip together, I think YouTubing different places is a great way to do it. Also, someone sent me today a great link, which I will include here, is there are so many new videos of how you can tour museums like big epic museums you can watch, which makes sense. Everything's on YouTube, but these, it looked like gorgeous tour videos of these museums. So if you're 
at home, spending the weekend at home, or you're bunkering down, I think Googling different things that tell a story. I love documentaries, and of course, so many of them aren't appropriate for kids or just wouldn't be interesting to them. But if you can find ones that are, I love Animal Planet documentaries or anything to do with animals. I put that on all the time when we're cooking or if we're not sitting down necessarily and watching TV, but we're kind of just jamming around the house. I love putting on anything animal or ocean. I just think it's cool. And I think the kids get something from it. It's interesting. And, you know, I just think it's, there's always a takeaway from it. So documentaries or anything to do with animals or animal planet is always high on my list. And now I'm going to try out this museum thing with the kids and see how that goes. It's so amazing how it, listen, nothing's ever the same as being in that moment, experiencing whatever it is, but the next best thing is watching it on video, right? Um, I mentioned back to don't give them everything all at once, have a schedule for the day. And also if you have a backyard, go outside, get some vitamin D, move and stretch, get some fresh air if you're able to. I think that's always, always a good thing. If your kids are older, I know that it can be a little bit harder to find activities for them, but maybe you really think outside the box and ask them if they've ever thought of starting a business. Maybe if you're entrepreneurial or they are, you know, maybe they could start something, start an Etsy business, research how they could make their own product or start a business plan. I think that it's something that's good for kids and good for kids' confidence if they are that type of kid who's interested in that thing. I think we could also encourage our kids to learn a new language online or take an online class to learn something new about something or learn a new to play a new instrument. I think there's so many things we could do online and it's just about being creative and thinking outside the box. You know I'm going to say that the way this goes is all going to be about your attitude and how you think about it and how you feel about it and how you talk about it. And it's totally going to transfer to your kids. So I like to focus on what you can do versus focusing all the things you love that you can't do at this moment. Like I said, whether you're in quarantine as we are at this moment, or you're just listening to this podcast years, years down the line and you're just staying home for the weekend. Maybe it's, maybe you're snowed in. Whatever the case is, I think that it's really true. Focus on what you can do for some, what you can't do. And it really helps you just get creative and think outside the box. Another huge takeaway that I don't want to wrap up this episode without mentioning is I like to start this whole thing. Like whatever activities we're going to do, however I'm going to build the plan, I really like to base it on what each kid likes and what they're interested in genuinely. Ask them genuinely what they love doing, if you don't already know, and then use that as your guide. That's your best chance of them loving it and also it being a good use of your time and money. You know, gone are the days where the kids had to live out their parents' dreams and do what their parents wanted to or do what their parents always did. Let their interests and their passions be the driving force for what you set up in your home this week and this month and, you know, forever. So that way you keep learning and being curious and your children are happy and they feel like they're pursuing things that they want to be pursuing, not things that they want, they think that you want them to be doing. 
so much to think about, so much to talk about. Uh, like I said, I'm going to link a whole bunch of stuff, things that, you know, a lot of the the different toys and crafts that I really love, but I didn't want to just give you a big old verbal talking list about every cool new toy out there. So I'll link all that stuff. But I think overall, if we have a good attitude about it and we're open-minded and we're creative. Another thing is I love those blank books, like the blank writing books. Now my kids resist them a lot of the time, I'll be honest with you. But the way I position it is, hey, write me a story about something you want to do this summer. Fill up the book. I don't care how much it is. Draw pictures on some of the pages. Write it. Write um, write out the, in this little book. Give it to me. And then you can have free choice, whatever that is, for a half hour. So I feel like things like that, if I'm doing things where, you know, while our, while we're home with our kids and while we're figuring out how to teach them, and again, I'll get into in another episode about becoming an overnight homeschool parent, sort of not by choice, I'll go into all that. But in this, thinking about how they can learn, not like through a school program or, but just, you know, learning in general, learning through experiences, I think it's just so important to allow their interest to kind of navigate it. And also, if it's something that they're going to resist, make it, give them an incentive at the end of it. Like I said, anything that's like, write me a story or write me a list or, you know, something along those lines, my girls are always, every time going to be like, no, we don't want to. So I'll say, okay, I understand this is challenging. Let's do these three things. Then you get 30 minutes of whatever you want. And it usually works pretty great. So lots of strategies and lots of things to think about. Let's continue this conversation. Share with me, please, all the things that you love. Every time I post on this podcast, every time I post a podcast, I post a picture on Instagram about this podcast. So that's the best place to ask questions or comment on what you thought or add to the conversation. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sending all the happy and healthy vibes your way, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.